State Sycamores are tournament champions. The Ramblers of Loyola, Chicago, and Missouri State is Missouri Valley Conference tournament champion. Northern Iowa back in the NCAA tournament. Wichita State Shockers, winners of the Missouri Valley Conference. everybody. Welcome to another edition of our Inside the Valley podcast, continuing to preview the 2016-17 Missouri Valley Conference men's basketball season as we approach Valley Basketball Media Day, NBC tip-off here in St. Louis on October 25th. And Tuesday uh, at the St. Louis City Center Hotel will be our actual day for Media Day. But before we get there, uh, we have been talking to members of our radio teams and, and uh newspaper uh, beat writers of each team to sort of get a preview of each team going into the 2016-17 season. And today, right now, uh, I'm going to focus on the Evansville Purple Aces. Right now, I'm joined by Daniel Allar. He writes for the Evansville Courier Press in Evansville, Indiana. Daniel, how are things going in uh, the Hoosier State today? Oh, they're going pretty well. I actually just uh, made my first trip to the Ford Center uh, since March. The Pacers and Bucks are playing an exhibition game in Evansville. It's okay. the first, uh, first NBA uh, exhibition game here in uh, more than a decade, I think. So nice. it'll be interesting to see what kind of turnout they get for that. But I uh, went over there and did some interviews for a uh, story. Actually, a former UE assistant, Sean Sweeney, is an assistant for the Bucks now. So I talked to him and uh, head coach Jason Kidd about you know, his progression from uh, Evansville director of basketball ops to NBA assistant. So it was uh, kind of neat getting over there and watching the the massive NBA giants shoot around for a little while. Nice. Very cool. We'll be sure to look for that uh, on uh, the Courier Press website. I'm sure you'll share it on Twitter. Your Twitter handle at ECP underscore Allar, A-L-L-A-R. Uh, but we're not here to talk NBA. Want to get your thoughts on uh, the Aces going into this new season? And I've already talked to uh, Paul Sillentrop of Wichita State in a previous episode, and that might be a, sort of the theme of what our conversation was with you, because just like Wichita State with uh, the Big Two, uh, of course they had a, a great number of uh, players that were that were significant on that on that team for a number of years. But uh, with Evansville, DJ Ballantyne, and uh, Egidius Miscavige's and, and some other folks, Adam Wing, uh, no longer on the team now. Things look a little bit different for the Aces going into this new season. Oh, yeah, definitely. This will be my third year uh, covering the Aces, and it's the first year that I'm covering a different team because even the year before I got here, it was one of the youngest teams in the country, and pretty much the same core of players was together for three years, and now most of that core is gone. Um, also, in uh, the last month, Blake Simmons tore his ACL. That's another starter there. So uh, five of the Aces' top six players from last year are gone. Uh, Blake is out with the torn ACL, like I said, and then the other four are playing professional basketball of some sort. So that just tells you uh, what type of talent they lost from last year. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see all the different pieces come together. They've had uh, a lot of upperclassmen who uh, have been around the program and didn't get many minutes last year, but now I guess it's their time to time to shine and show what they can do. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I looked up the roster here, and there are actually six seniors on the roster this year, uh, which is kind of weird because you don't see uh, that much. As we've, been, we've been talking about how 
the, we had so many seniors last year graduate. The Aces have six seniors, uh, one of those being Jalen Brown. Uh, how big of a role do you expect him to have uh, in 2016-17? Is he going to have the opportunity to sort of lead this team in scoring and, and be more of a uh, leadership position for the team? I definitely think he'll have a a big on-court uh, leadership role. I think uh, Blake Simmons was a guy that was going to share that with him, and now he's kind of taking the chance, uh, Simmons, to be kind of an apprentice. Um, I know he wants to eventually get into coaching, so when he's out this year, he's going to you know, join the coaching staff in the film room and do some extra stuff there. But in terms of guys who can actually play an on-court leadership, uh, it's definitely going to be Jalen Brown and uh, if you if you've seen if you see him for the first time since last year, I mean it's not like he was uh, out of shape by any means, but he uh, has actually lost weight, but he looks bigger. He looks completely cut. Um, he looks ready for the season. I've noticed him being more vocal already, just uh, in the small snippets of practice and workouts I've watched. So um, I definitely expect the leadership role. As far as the leading scorer role, um, he'll be up there, but I think. Uh, a transfer from Ohio, Ryan Taylor, um, will rival him for that. I think both those guys will be in double figures, but uh, depending on how much ball handling duties Jalen Brown has, Taylor might be the guy that everyone's setting screens for trying to get open because he's a uh, long six foot six player who's a really good three-point shooter and athletic enough to slash and get to the rim. So I think he'll have a big scoring year right off the bat uh, for Evansville. One of the more significant uh, roles that the Aces had was in the middle inside with Agidius, played a huge, huge role rebounding and shot blocking. Uh, is there anyone that might come close to sort of uh, taking on that role and who might be the sort of the, the post presence that can sort of, you know, be the enforcer down low for the Aces this year? Uh, the short answer is no, there's no one close to that. <laughs> I, um. I figured that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm in, that's the one part of the team that um, I'm interested to see. I think it'll be more of a three-headed uh, center by committee deal with UE this year. Um, they have a junior college transfer, Dalen Treor, who's six foot nine and built like a linebacker. Um, I know he's a pretty good rebounder, but uh, David Howard's the most experienced guy. He's about six foot eight. Uh, he's been Miscavige's primary backup the last couple of years. Um, but he'll have to learn to play more without fouling because it seemed like he would get in and he would pick up a couple fouls, but it didn't matter because they were just trying to buy time for uh, Miscavichis. And then actually, uh, Sir, uh, Sergey Buchetich, he's a seven foot one transfer from Nebraska. He's a red shirt senior now and he's never really played extended minutes in college, but talking to coaches and teammates, they said he has the ability, but there was just really, no reason to play him any significant minutes when uh, Miscavichis could play 32 minutes a night. So interested to see if he can, you know, play 10 to 12 minutes a game and be big and take up space in there. And then you space out 15 to 20 minutes a game from, you know, all three guys and you fill your center position. I think that'll be kind of the situation they're in this year. There are four freshmen on the roster, one of them being right there from Evansville and Drew Smith. What do you know about him? Do you ever ch- had the chance to see him in high school there? Yeah, yeah, he's um he's a pretty smooth player. Um he's very unselfish kind of the you know, traditional 
traditional point guard. I'm sure he could play off the ball a little bit. Um, really, really good defender. I think he's six foot three, but his wingspan's closer to six seven, six eight. Um, so pretty big for a pretty big for a point guard. And um, I think just from talking to the coaches and uh, Jalen Brown and Dwayne Gibson, they said he's really advanced for a freshman. As I said, he plays the right pace. He doesn't get in a hurry. Uh, his decision making is pretty strong for a freshman. So he's a guy I think could uh, come off the bench and play important minutes as a freshman. The Aces will kick off their uh, conference portion of the schedule on the 29th of December against uh, at Illinois State. But before that, in, in non-conference play, they've got uh, Power Five uh, opponent in Louisville to actually kick off the season on November 11th. Uh, also taking on Moorhead State, Toledo, uh, Bowling, Bowling, excuse me, Boise State, and Bo- Bowling Green, as well as Murray State on their schedule. But that Louisville game, when you look at it right from the top, sort of a uh, a tough way to begin the season, uh, especially for a team uh, that's going to be significantly different than what they were last year. But, uh, of course, they've got some opportunities to sort of uh, find their way in non-conference play before they do get into the rough uh, world of the Valley. So uh, what do you think? Is, is the schedule uh, heavy? Is it just right for this team? What's your opinion of that? I think it's close to just right. Um, the one thing I don't like to see is two Division three opponents as regular season games. Um, but I think in terms of how many quality opponents they play, it's as good as uh, they've had in the last few years. Uh, that neutral site tournament they play, uh, you mentioned Toledo. Uh, UNC Wilmington's always a pretty good program. They made the tournament last year. Uh, and Toledo's a solid mid-major program. Um, I don't have the schedule in front of me. That other, uh, I think the other team they play in there Middle Tennessee also State. made the tournament last year. Yeah, Middle yeah. Tennessee State, that's yep. who upset uh, Michigan State. Yep. So, right here in St. Louis, too. Uh, right. Um, so that's a decent, you know, no big names in that, but it'll be three pretty good games. Um, so you add that with the, the Moorhead State, Murray State, uh, Louisville, Boise State, and they have several games that uh, should at least be evenly matched or that UE will be the underdog, which hasn't been the case the last couple of years, and obviously – Evansville is a better team, but um, there's not quite as many uh, SWAC schools on the schedule this year. Um, there's more of the a little bit more balance in terms of decent mid-major programs that they're playing. Last year, the the Aces were pretty successful in conference play, uh, reaching the finals of the uh, Missouri Valley Con- the State Farm Missouri Valley Conference men's basketball tournament here in St. Louis. Of course, we all know about the heartbreaking end for the Aces with uh, West Washburn's jumper bouncing off the rim and going through to send uh, Northern Iowa to the postseason to the NCAA tournament. But um, the Aces have uh, had some history of success, but this year is going to be different. When you look around the league, and you've been covering the team now for a couple of years, um, obviously Wichita State seems to be uh, the sort of uh, odds-on pick from a few people that I've talked to already. What do you look like? Uh, when you, what do you think when you fill out your preseason ballot for uh, all for for the poll? I guess uh, top four or five teams that you think um, will be significant challenges for the regular season title. As you said, I think Wichita State is the favorite. Um, even their bench players last year were solid, so they lose uh, Van Vliet and Baker and uh, Grady and Wessel, but uh, they still have Marcus McDuffie the freshman of the year last year, Shaq Morris inside. I thought Zach Brown is a really talented wing player and a really good defender. 
same thing with Richard Kelly. So um, I think they're going to reload and still be the, the top team. And Northern Iowa is always solid, so I'll pick them second. And they have Jeremy Morgan, uh, Clint Carlson, and uh, Lowhouse. Uh, I think it's Wyatt Lowhouse. Um, yes. yes. Yeah, he he impressed me during the conference tournament. He was making making some strong drives to the basket, and I could see him stepping in and playing more minutes as a guard and being pretty productive. So I'll still put Northern Iowa number two. And then I think three and four, I'm not sure which order I want to go in, but I think Illinois State and Indiana State bring back a pretty good amount of talent. Um, Indiana State had some bad luck with injuries in their front court last year. Um, So I expect them to have a lot more options in their front court this year uh, with some of those guys coming back and they bring back Brenton Scott, the only guy in the first and second team all-conference teams for the Valley last year who was back. So um, I think, yeah, I think the Sycamores and the Redbirds would be battling for three and four. Um, yeah, that's that about covers it. And then it's a, it'll be a big mess from there. I know Missouri State should be in the middle of the pack at least after bringing back a lot of players. Um, but I'm not convinced that they're, ready to take the jump all the way to the very top tier um, with just one year from being eight and 10 in the conference. When you look around the the league and, and including Evansville, is there anybody that you think stands out? You talked about a lot about players there uh, that might be flying underneath the radar in terms of being a significant role player for their team or uh, outside of within the league itself uh, from Evansville or, or anywhere else within the league? Well, I mentioned Ryan Taylor earlier from Evansville. Mm-hmm. Um, I have seen him in some workouts and uh, in their hoop fest last year, they pretty much had the starters playing the reserves. And I know it's just an open scrimmage in front of fans, so it's not the most intense thing ever. But I think the reserves won by like one point. It was only 13 to 12 because it was a few minutes and Taylor had eight eight points, two threes and scored on a drive or something like that. So just the, the glimpses I've seen of him and um, one of our sports writers is actually a young guy who's only a year removed or so from Ohio University who saw him there and said, basically Taylor played with a bunch of ball hogs and even though he averaged eight points or so, he thinks he could be a all NBC caliber player and was probably Ohio Ohio's best player as a freshman. Uh, he just didn't get the touches he needed to. And from what I understand, he's you know going to be a primary option in Evansville's offense and uh, you know, those guys usually get their shot attempts and can, and can score a lot. So I think he'll be one of the guys who can, you know, take take the league by storm in his first year as a as a sophomore transfer. And finally, I want to be sure to get it. And I know you talked about a lot of players when you did your uh, your preseason rundown for the poll. Uh, what's your sort of selection for top five players that might be a preseason all Missouri Valley Conference? I have uh, Jeremy Morgan from Northern Iowa. Uh, he was outstanding last year in the in the conference tournament and has been a good player for a couple years in the league. Um, I think who do we have from Wichita? Uh, Marcus <laughs> McDuffie could have a breakout year. <laughs> I don't know if there's a big guy <clears throat> better than Shaq Morris um, if he can. You know, he only, it looks like he only played about 16 minutes a game last year, but he was splitting time with Anton Grady. So if he bumps his 
if he bumps his minutes up, I'm sure his numbers will go up and he might be the best big man in the league. So I'll go with, uh, I'll go with those two. Um, let's see. I think Paris Lee from Illinois state, yeah, uh, really good defender and he'll probably, uh, you know, even boost his scoring average. He got a double figures last year. Uh, that's one of the experienced guys back. Um, and then Brenton Scott from, uh, Indiana state. And I think, uh, that, that, that takes care of five right there. And yeah. as I said about Taylor, Taylor and Jalen Brown from UB will both probably be that same caliber, maybe second team, all conference type talents this year. But I think, uh, those first five I mentioned might, might be the first team. All right. You're going to make your way to St. Louis for media day, right? I don't know. I haven't uh, quite looked at that yet. <laughs> All right. Well, if you are here, we'll be sure to uh, get your thoughts. But I guess before I let you go, I've been asking all of our uh, our beat writers and radio guys sort of their thoughts. I'm doing a little project of finding out some of the best uh, places to eat or grab a, a beverage in the, the valley. And so what's your pick uh, there in Evansville? And if you have a pick uh, somewhere else outside of uh, U of Evansville, maybe another league city that you visited in your travels. Any any place that fans uh, should consider a must go when they're traveling there? Yeah, um, I'll make it easy on you guys. Uh, you said a place to eat or grab a drink. There's two. There's two good places to eat and grab a drink. Uh, Ten Man Brewing Company is one of the local uh, craft breweries here in Evansville. Um, good food and they have great beer as well. And then if you're looking for something a little different, uh, Gerst house, uh, it's like an old German style restaurant with, you know, in a really old building with uh long wooden tables has that beer hall feel. Um, and they have a German menu and an American menu and then like 60 or so beers on tap. So I think that, I have uh, pretty there. much, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a good spot, especially if you're, out of town and from out of town looking for something different. Um, as far as other places in the Valley, uh, the coolest place I've been is in Springfield, Missouri, uh, Missouri state, London calling. It's a, have you, you said you went to Missouri state. Have you heard of London calling? No, nah, that, that might be post my uh, college career there. Okay. So it's a, it's a double decker bus. It's like a food truck, but it's a bus parked in a parking lot. Um, and they serve like English style pasties, which is kind of a pastry filled with savory food. So you can get like chicken tiki masala or probably like chicken pot pie or anything inside of a wrapped pastry. And they're delicious. And you can sit on the top level of the uh, double decker bus and eat it, or you can take them to go. I think they sell them frozen too, if you're close enough to, to save some and bring them to your freezer. But uh, that was, that was awesome. We found it on like, you know, TripAdvisor or Yelp or something and thought we had to try it. And it was, it was really good. Oh huh, yeah. Well, I have to, I had not heard of that place and now I feel, feel curious and, and obligated to check it out. Our men's soccer tournament is there in Springfield, uh, in the middle of November. So now I'm out on the off day there, I may feel, feel like I need to venture out and, and find that place. So I have to remember that. Appreciate that info. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good stuff. And there were, like I said, there are a lot of options and everything wrapped into a flaky pastry type thing. So good stuff. Cool. Cool. Well, Daniel, I appreciate your time. Uh, thanks so much. And if you make it to me today, we'll be sure to grab a word with you then. But if not, uh, we'll definitely see you within our next trip. 
uh, to Evansville and the Ford Center. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Derek. Don't miss your chance to see who will hoist the hardware at the 2016 Missouri Valley Conference Men's Soccer Championship presented by Mediacom. Get to Allison South Stadium in Springfield, Missouri, November 8th, 9th, 11th, and 13th as the Valley crowns its champion. For tickets and more information, call 417-836-7678 or visit MissouriStateTix.com. The Missouri Valley Conference, where champions make history. Back here on the Inside the Valley podcast, Derek Dockett, Associate Commissioner, New Media and Technology with you as we continue to preview 2016-17 men's basketball here in the Missouri Valley Conference. And right now, it's time to talk about last year's Arch Madness Tournament champions, the Northern Iowa Panthers, of course, winning in dramatic fashion over Evansville to reach the NCAA Tournament. The Panthers having a great year last year with wins uh, over uh, North Carolina, the one more, more significant as as the Carolina Panthers were number one at the time, a big win for them. But uh, turn the page to this year. It's, it's a new season, a new team. And here to join me to talk more about this year's Panthers is the voice of the Panthers, Gary Rama. Gary, how are things going up in Iowa today? Well, pretty good, Derek. And, uh, you know, it's, all, it's that time of the year where football and basketball start to overlap yeah. for us. Uh, teams in the valley that have both so it's it, it's a busy time but exciting time and uh i'm really looking forward to to this 2016 2017 missouri valley conference basketball season and, and new year of of uni basketball it feels like it's it's just reload <laughs> instead of rebuild for uni basketball yeah absolutely the, the panthers having so much success over the last couple of years and uh, last year, no exceptions to that rule. And this year, it looks like they may be off and running again. It appears that Jeremy Morgan has been getting a lot of attention early on, uh, a potential preseason player of the year even type of attention so far from what I'm hearing. Uh, what are your thoughts, just jumping right off into him right now, uh, on what type of role he will play for the Panthers this year? Well, he's going to have to take on a huge role, Derek. And, uh, you know, he played somewhat in the shadows of, of Wes Washburn, Matt Bohannon, and Paul Jesperson last year. But I think we got a really good look at what Jeremy Morgan can do in that tough loss to Texas A&M, 35 points. And he just did about everything. And uh, I'm not saying he's going to get 35 points every game this year, but I think he showed that he can be a, a, a big offensive weapon. He's always, he's always kind of been a defensive minded guy and a defensive stopper for us uh, excellent job at the defensive end a year ago but with him being the lone returning senior now we do have Jordan Ashton who's a senior on this team he's a transfer from Iowa State but the only returning senior off last year's UNI team is Jeremy and they're going to lean on him a lot if, uh, a year ago a lot of the offense went through Wes Washburn the year before that, it went through Seth Tuttle. I think you'll see a lot of the UNI offense this year go through Jeremy Morgan. And I think that's how important a role he'll have on this team. And when you look back at the success two years ago of UNI basketball with 31 wins and an NCAA tournament win with Seth Tuttle, the key guy, and then last year, Wes Washburn, uh, I think you can, you can look at this year's team and say, I think Jeremy Morgan can be a similar type guy this year with that type of importance for this UNI basketball team. Last year it seemed that uh, the Panthers had an up and down year, but they sort of really found their way once we got towards the end of the season and definitely at the conference tournament. And one of those things, I've watched a number of games, 
And Clint Carlson seemed to come on late and was a real difference maker for, for them. You see his role expanding as well? Yeah, and we need a big year out of Clint Carlson. And and uh, to Clint's defense, he was a little injured um, early in the season. Okay. He missed the first three games, didn't play the first three games due to a suspension. Then he, he uh, got banged up right around the Missouri State game, our first Missouri State Bears game uh, in conference play. It took him a while to really get 100% healthy, but he's another guy that really came on in the the second half of the season, especially late January, February, into the tournament. Clint's going to have a big hand in in the type of success we have this year. Uh, Really like the way he played at the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament, uh, along with those two NCAA tournament games. His confidence was through the roof at the end of the season, Derek. And uh, he started slow, and I even talked to him at at the UNI Panther Media Day, and he said it, it just took a while for him to really get his confidence going. So look for big things out of Clint Carlson. I, I, I like his game. He can score in around the basket. He can shoot the three. He can shoot the mid-range jumper. He's a left-hander, so that makes him a little bit different to guard. But I tell you what, with, with Jeremy Morgan and him back, along with Wyatt Lowhouse and Bennett Cook, that's four really solid yeah. guys to build this team around. Absolutely, absolutely. I was going to say, the Panthers have already had their uh, media day there up in Cedar Falls. What's some of your takeaways there? If you got to talk to Coach Jake and some of the student athletes there, what's some of their goals and what are they looking forward to in this new year? Well, I think the biggest thing that came out of that is that, that there's a lot of confidence around this basketball team. And, and everybody knows we lost three really good players in West Washburn, Matt Bohannon and, and Paul Jesperson. And when you lose 53 or so percent of your points from a year ago, 67% of your three-point shootings uh, from a year ago. Some people would say, "Man, you're you know you got a lot of you got a lot of rebuilding to do, losing that type of offense." But uh, I think these guys feel like they can pick right up where that team left off. It'll be a little bit different-looking team, maybe than the team a year ago, uh, which was you know heavily guard-oriented with Washington and Jefferson and Bohannon. But uh, I think there's a lot of optimism uh, around the Panther basketball program from, from the coaching staff, the players. I, I think they're anxious to show what they can do. And there's going to be some new kids on the block with this team. I think they're going to surprise some people uh, with some of the true freshmen and redshirt freshmen that will play a big role this this year. Looking at the Panthers' schedule, they uh, have a, a, a lot of uh, interesting tasks ahead of them. Of course, uh, it's always great to have those uh, Power 5 teams on the schedule, and, and you and I, no exception to that, with Arizona State, opportunities, Oklahoma, Tulane, uh, Xavier, George Mason. Uh, they'll have Wyoming as part of the Mountain West Challenge, uh, Iowa, the High V Classic, obviously, uh, and the trip to North Carolina uh, before jumping into conference play. Uh, Coach Jake is, is always known for, for getting his team prepared for, for the, the rough-and-tumble life of the Valley, and, and this year, no exception, it seems like. Well, he loves he loves to schedule a, a very competitive non conference schedule. And Derek, I I think for our team, our program, it's the right thing to do. Um, it, just like last year, you pick off some of those those big wins during the non conference part of your schedule, and then if you have a good Missouri Valley Conference season, you've got a shot at at, at an at large berth in the NCAA tournament. If you don't play a tough non conference schedule. Um, you, you, you darn near got to win the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament to, to get in. So I, I like the formula that, that he uses with really challenging the guys. And if you don't win, you don't knock off some of those tough opponents 
on the non-conference part of your schedule. The thing it does do is prepare you for the for the rugged Missouri Valley Conference part of your season to where, okay, now we got to go, we got to go win that league, we got to win, win that tournament, and we can get to the dance. It just, I think it gives you some options to get your team in the NCAA tournament when you'll schedule a tough non-conference schedule like Coach Jacobson and, and the Panthers have been known to do. Now you've been around our league for a while. Uh, of course, we know all about the historic run that Wichita State uh, has been on. And this year, even they're going to look a little different going into 2016-17. When you look around the league, uh, what's sort of your uh, uh, you know, preseason prognostication about how the Valley might be in 16-17? Well, I, I think until somebody knocks off Wichita State, you, you, you're going to make them the favorite. Uh, Coach Marshall, that, you talk about a team that just reloads, and they, just, they lose really talented guys, and then they just bring in guys that, that can fill those shoes. So, uh, you, you know, you, you've got to figure they're the they're the favorite uh, going into the season until somebody can knock them off. I really like our team. I think this Panther team is one that can be in the hunt. And then Illinois State always seems to have a lot of talent. That's yeah. a, an excellent program. But you know, it, there's some great coaches in this league too. Coach Lansing at Indiana State always puts a competitive team on the court and. Barry Henson's doing some good things at Southern Illinois. I, I still think Ray Jacoletti's going to get it going at Drake. I don't know if this is the year that they surprise some people and, and move up in the conference standings, but I think they're a team that, that is, is up and coming. And uh, one of my favorite coaches in the league is Paul Lusk. I think Paul Lusk is, is, is an excellent coach. He's just had some tough luck in recent years at Missouri State. Watch out for the Bears. I think they're a team that can surprise some people look out for Porter Mosier and Loyola with with uh, Milton Doyle back and you know that's a tough place to go in and win they do a good job his kids play really hard I I mean Wichita State yeah the prohibitive team uh, right out of the gate that you got to figure you got to try and knock off but you know up and down the line Marty Simmons at Evansville lost some really good players and I know the loss of his son to an injury hurts that team but there's another team that's so hard to play against because of the offense they run. He does a great job with, with the, the way he wants his kids to play the game. I'm telling you, I, I think this league is going to be as good and, and as competitive as ever, Derek. And uh, I, I can't wait to see us get this thing going. Yeah, it's, it's going to be fun to see this year because I think a little people seem to feel that they have a little bit more of an opportunity this year. So uh, it, it may up the ante when we get into conference play. Um, when you start to fill out your ballot, uh, who do you think you may have on your preseason all all league team for uh, this year? Well, actually, uh, you know, I think I've already uh, I've already got it filled out. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, um, but uh, I don't have it right in front of me. But I, you know, there's some really quality guys in this league, and you know, when you've got to try and pick five guys out of the Missouri Valley Conference to put down on your on your preseason all conference team. Man, that's that is really a tough thing to do. <laughs> yeah, so, um, I, I've got it filled out. I got a few little tweaks. I think as I do a little bit more studying on it, but uh, um, uh, we'll see once the the ballot comes out how accurate mine is with everybody else's. Sure. Anybody that you think might fly under the radar, either from the Panthers or elsewhere in the league, that is a player to look out for. Um, I, well, for, from from the UNI Panther side of it, uh, I. I, I know Bennett Cook made the most improved team last year, but I, I think he can be a guy that really turns some heads this year. I, I, I think he's going to be a, 
uh, a first-team All-Missouri Valley Conference performer before it's all said and done, whether it's this year or next year. Uh, I, I think he's got a chance to be really special. You know, 6'10", 6'11", he's long. He's worked really hard. The other one, I think, is Wyatt Lowhouse for the UNI Panthers. I, I think Wyatt's a guy that really started slow last year. He started to come on. He kind of had a little bit of a sophomore slump, but I think Wyatt Lowhouse could have a huge breakout year. And and another guy in the league that maybe doesn't really fly under the radar, because I wouldn't be surprised if he's maybe named first-team all-conference, but I think Reed Timmer at Drake is yeah. a guy that could just have a, a big breakout year and put up some incredible numbers for for the Drake Bulldogs. There's a, there's a number of guys. I think every team's got a guy or two that – you know, people really aren't talking much about. There's a lot of seniors that we lost off the, these quality teams from the Valley a year ago, Derek. So there's going to be a number of guys that that uh, will turn some heads and people say, hey, where did he come from? Or where I, I didn't know about that guy uh, when we get into the conference part of the season. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, too. It's going to be a number of guys stepping up in roles that we haven't seen before with uh, parts of all those great seniors that we had last year. That sort of was the story last year with all those great guys. But uh, with that... With those graduations come new opportunities. So uh, before I let you go, sir, I've been sort of asking folks uh, around the league about sort of their favorite uh, establishments or, or pregame places to visit uh, in their hometown. So I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts because you, you're someone that's been around before. Uh, in Cedar Falls, a, a place where Valley fans, if they're up there for a game, uh, should, should hop into and visit. And uh, a place elsewhere in the league that you've, you've had a chance to visit that's one of your favorites. Well, there's a couple of spots when you come to Cedar Falls as a sports fan, you've got to check out. Uh, one of them is Mulligan's Brick Oven Grill and Pub. Fabulous brick oven pizza. Uh, you know, the HD TV's up all over. They've, it's kind of cool. They've got a more of a bar setting area and then kind of a quieter uh, restaurant dining seating area. They've got an outdoor uh patio party deck like area that yeah in the winter time and i would it's, it, you can't really sit out there but <laughs> it's really a, the, the food is great the service is great and the other one is pepper's grill and sports pub they're both in cedar falls they're about like a block apart from each other so you can come to cedar falls and you can hit them both on the same night peppers is a, a similar with they got a really cool sports bar area and a dining area the food there is is really good uh, check both those places out. It, when we go on the road, there's so many good places, Derek. I, it doesn't matter if we're in Peoria, Illinois, or Evansville, Indiana, Wichita, Kansas, you know, in Des Moines, wh- wherever. That we have a lot of favorite spots. But for me personally, uh, I always enjoy going to Carbondale, Illinois, and we always make our our yearly appearance at the Pinch Penny Pub in in Carbondale. Just it's just one of our favorite spots. Yeah. We love to go there and eat and, and, and talk with some of the Saluki fans and the, the ownership there is really is really awesome. So we we kinda got a soft spot in our heart for the pinch penny pub in Carbondale. Absolutely. That that's that's an office favorite as well. I will I will certainly admit that. So you're 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 among common thoughts there. So well sir, that's I appreciate I really appreciate you taking the time and uh, want to be sure to let folks know guys, how long you've been the play-by-play voice for football and basketball up there, you and I. Well, this is my this I'm starting my 24th year as the play-by-play wow. voice for UNI basketball, 23rd year for UNI football. I did the 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 1993-94 basketball season for UNI was my first year, 
and it was the 1994 football season when I started doing football. I missed I missed the 1993 football season when Kurt Warner quarterback <laughs> his only season as the starting quarterback. Claire Rampton did football that year, and I started doing basketball that 93-94 season. But uh, it's been a great ride, Derek. I love the league. I, uh, the, the guys at the front office and gals, you guys do such a fabulous job. This, this is big time Division One college basketball. Great arenas. Great coaches, great players. Uh, it's it's just been a, a such a great ride that I've been on. I, I I hope to do it for a number of years before uh, before it's time to to head off into retirement. No, you you guys are fantastic. We uh, always love getting to be able to to visit with you guys on the road and hear your calls, and uh, hopefully we can get a whole another set of uh, kabooms uh, in the non conference and the NCAA tournament, courtesy of you and I and yourself, sir. Thanks a lot, Derek. Uh, appreciate being on with you. And uh, and I'm just going to finish by saying, go Panthers! <laughs>